You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time. Time for Silver and Black today. To the ground game. Touchdown Las Vegas. We're breaking down the latest Raider news from on and off the field. And bringing you conversations with newsmakers and record breakers. So hold on, Raider Nation. It's time to get get it it on. Here's your host, Scott Goldbranson and Mo Moulton. Wow, Raider Nation, welcome to Silver and Black today. The post-game report, the Raiders 30-24 to winners over the New England Patriots, and I don't know that I can believe what I just saw. I just don't know what to say. Uh, a lot to talk about, and joining me now live from Allegiant Stadium, the scene of the latest Raiders miracle is no other than Murph from Raiders Fan Radio with our Voice of the Fan segment. Murph, holy crap. All I can say, Scott, is that my heart is beating out of my chest. Uh, you know, after T-Kane uh, performed at halftime, it was all downhill until uh, that, uh, you know, ill-advised backwards pass. Chandler Jones takes Mac Jones's face, stuffs it into the turf, and then trots off into the tunnel. I mean, what an amazing, amazing scene here at Allegiant Stadium. This place went absolutely bonkers. And, you know, and I'm sure we'll get into it, but it, it was a little crazy for a while because there were so many Patriot fans here. The Raiders are false starting at home because of crowd noise it was bananas and then all of a sudden though with that one play this place erupted and Raider Nation came to life and wow what an exciting exciting game that was uh it was incredible and I mean listen there's a lot of things up until 30 seconds left in this game it looked really bad and and there still were things that were terrible but I said it I tweeted right out before this happened that I felt bad for Raider Nation from the fan base perspective because of what happened and then look what happens inexplicably one of the dumbest NFL plays I have ever seen. I don't know that Jacoby Myers gets on the plane with Bill Belichick. I don't know if you saw him after the game, Murph, but the anger, the anger was palpable. And I cannot believe that that guy gets on the plane because you were going into overtime. You weren't behind in the game. I understand the, the laterals, in, right, a game, right, right. In, a, in a game you're behind and you're just trying and hoping to God that you can somehow come up with a miracle yourself to win. But in this case, they're tied. They're going to overtime 
and he blows it. Chandler Jones, the play of the year in my book, obviously, because it's just unbelievable. But tell me, tell the fans what it was like for the last minute of the game and then leading up until that play. Oh, well, you know, it was, it was, once we tied the game up, it was like, okay, it was like that quiet confidence. It's like, all right, I think we got a shot at this thing. Like, let's, let's hang in there together. Let's get it safely into overtime. Let's not play press coverage. Like, let's let's give up anything stupid here. Like, let's, let's just give this thing away. And then all of a sudden, so there was a lot of, I would say, I would call it apprehension or like, you know what I mean? Like a little, a little tension in the room. And, but then all of a sudden when that play happened, you asked if I, if I saw what was going on or silent. No, because we were in the middle of all of the hugs and high fives and tackles. And my poor girl, Valerie, I think that's, that's the hardest I've ever mugged her in my entire life in our relationship. I completely just, it was absolutely insane up there. And it was just, I mean, it, it felt, you know, it was really interesting, Scott, because again, the dynamic with all the Patriots fans, I mean, it could really could kind of be a drawback to some of the dynamics of the game. And so, mm. but to have it end in that fashion and to have Raider Nation come together and just, I mean, you know, there's nothing like a, like a game like that and a finish like that that'll like oh you know uh, push you into hugging a stranger like where else in the world can you just go and like just completely embrace with a stranger for no other reason other than the fact you're both wearing silver and black and you love this goddamn football team i mean it was yeah. it was absolutely amazing absolutely amazing i'm surprised i even have a voice left yeah <laughs> well let's talk about this murph because listen this game first half was a back-and-forth affair, but, man, right before halftime, the Raiders do exactly what they need to do. They score the touchdown, a car to Collins, all right, and that's what you want going into the half. Then they come back out in the second half, and they do what they have done in the second half, unfortunately, over the course of this year, which is nothing. Six straight possessions, the pick six to start the second half, followed by punt, 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 okay, leading up, and you're thinking, I mean, what was the emotion like? Because this was this was from hell to heaven in the matter of 38 seconds oh Oh, i don't know if i've ever had as big of an emotional swing other than darth vader saying luke i'm your father i mean like that was like an incredible i mean to go from the absolute like i again it was quite apprehensive at least we were tied up so it wasn't like we were facing a loss it wasn't like we were down one but but that whole just the the way that it it swung back because again like i'm not kidding like t-pain was great and the second half of that game for the most part sucked like watching those balls bounce off of matt collins's hands watching Derek Carr make some bad reads watching our defense give up big plays like you know i mean giving giving up those 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 runs and those conversions and it was just like it was like it was just like that 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 beat down that happens as a Raider fan like you feel it in the room you feel the momentum change and it's just like the weight it just starts to mount and it's like okay here we go again another 14 point lead we're gonna you know you get away uh but heck man so answer i mean i've never felt that kind of an emotional swing live in a game before i mean i've been to some cool games been to some big time raider games and seen some big wins but man but that to go from where we were to where we are and it saved the season and that's the other thing too is that like yeah. we saw the jets lose today we saw some things happen in the raiders favor today so i mean like i'm not getting all crazy i don't think we're gonna win the super bowl but maybe we will but like but now that we're back alive again like it's there's life in this football team and what's the freaking motto of this football team just win it doesn't matter what it looks like it doesn't matter if it's ugly doesn't matter if it's pretty doesn't matter if it's by 20 or if it's by one just win the goddamn football game and that's what the raiders did today whether it was a bonehead play on the Patriots side or not doesn't matter we freaking won and we won in front of a home crowd that desperately needed to see one 
Yeah. And, and to me that, uh, listen, I look at this before I get into, a- after you leave us, I'll get into some of the particulars around the game, uh, which is not all positive, of course, but for the, for the fans, most of all, to me, this was, this was huge, right? Just because listen, you need some hope. You need some, to your point, yes. listen, not only did the jets help right by losing, but then of course the Patriots, right? The Patriots are in, in the hunt for a playoff uh, uh, spot as well, and they just screw the pooch. And and it helps because the Raiders the Raiders go out and do what they have to do. And look, just win, baby, is just win, baby. It is a win. It doesn't matter if it's ugly, pretty, or indifferent. It doesn't matter. It is a win. And, Murph, that to me is the biggest thing for the fans. This one, to me, I feel the best about. Forget all the football, right? To start off with, I feel just good for the fans that – here coming up on the 50th anniversary, just within this period of four and a half days of the immaculate deception, as, as, as Raider Nation calls it, uh, that in a play like this, this is one of those plays that will go down in Raider history for how it unfolded and how Chandler Jones gets that ball and runs it back for a touchdown at the end of the game. It is one of the most incredible things I've ever seen. Um, and to me, for the fans, this is a big deal. I mean, this has to go up there, right, in the pantheon of great Raider moments ever. Oh, oh, absolutely. Again, I mean, I mentioned I've seen some, seen some big wins. I mean, I remember the game in 2016 against the Broncos on Sunday Night Football. Latavius Murray and Khalil Mack taking over the game. Of course, that was the season that we finally returned to the playoffs. Like, I've seen some great Raider games at home. But this, I'm telling you, this is nothing has matched this. And, you know, we were actually lamenting at one point because, again, because of the, the amount of Patriots fans here, we were kind of lamenting amongst ourselves. We're like, wow, this doesn't, you know, I love Las Vegas. And this is not like Vegas versus Oakland. It's not about that. It's mm-hmm. just like exploring the idea of how different it is at times. But then when something like this happens, it erases all that stuff. And it's, and it's, so it just gives Raider Nation that just that, that boost, that energy, as you mentioned, Scott, as a fan, this feels amazing. And now we're going into Christmas Eve to play those stupid Pittsburgh Steelers, you know, like, 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 like you're, like you're talking about with the, uh, the anniversary of the Immaculate Deception. And you know what I mean? And so now it's like, we, we continue to have something to play for, something to root for as fans. And like, what else do you want? Like, yeah, the, we can't do anything about the Raiders that were, we can't do anything about that. zero and three start. We can't do anything about the blown leads and all those kinds of things. What can we do now? All we can do is have something to look forward to from this point forward. And as of right now, we got something to look forward to from this point forward. And, and so it's, it's, it's incredibly exciting. I gotta tell you, man, it's, it, this is like a little family reunion around here. Just when Wendy is here, we got CPA, Joel, my girl, Valerie, my cousin. So it was like, like all this, like this group of folks that have, have come together around this football team based on our podcast, based on the experience that we've had here with you and silver and black today. So, and here we all are bracing and partying and going nuts at the end of the game. It was absolutely top notch, Scott. I just, again, I can't, I can't say enough how, how amazing this, this feeling and this experience was here at Allegiant Stadium, man. Yeah. And that, that's the thing for me. And we'll talk about it at the end of your stay before you leave about the crap. It's crab fest weekend, of course, there for the Blitnikoff foundation, yeah. which you guys yeah. were out there and we were all watching you do. Uh, and I, I felt so bad knowing now, listen, a lot of the diehards are there every weekend, but to your point, uh, Wendy being there, of course, James Owens, who's, who's a, a, a avid viewer said, he just said in the chat, he was, it was finally glad to meet you. Um, so, so the, yeah. fact that, the fact that this came together on this weekend and ended, which looked oh. like just to be another disaster, uh, was, was so fantastic because that, again, it's an early Christmas present, no matter what happens on Christmas Eve against the Steelers, by the way, at least Raider nation going into the holidays can feel pretty good, uh, doing that. But I'll tell you something else too, because 
the offense struggled again uh, in the second half. But I will tell you, as, as, as bad, and I know, listen, the Rams' loss is going to be hard to get over for a long time. But this defense, uh, at, bi- at big moments, I'm not saying they were perfect, don't get me wrong, but at big moments, the Meek Robertson breakup of that big pass down the field yes. uh, in the fourth quarter, and then, of course, the Chandler Jones interception, technically, um, that, to me, was great to see just that the defense did something. Because guess what? The offense, they, they went down, they scored the touchdown to tie the game, but who's going to win the game, right? Who do you want to win the game? And the defense, went, I thought it was apropos after last week. Yeah, absolutely. You're talking about like a bed don't break, right? Like that's an old school football term. Like, you know what I mean? You're only going to get them so much between the 20s and then you lock it up and let it keep them out of, out of the end zone. And, you know, we didn't really have much of a pass rush today. At least, you know, again, we're here at the game, so it's hard to tell not watching on HD at home or breaking down film. And stuff. But it certainly didn't appear that we had much of a pass rush today. Chandler Dones, Max Crosby really didn't have much of an impact. There were a couple of plays where Mac Jones was flushed out of the pocket and that was 100% Max Crosby. And so we definitely did see some things, but not the, the typical impact that we'd like to see a Max or, or, or Chandler Jones have in a game where he would have, like, say, a three-sack game, right? So we, we didn't see that. So then for, for so your point, the defense playing as well as they did, considering the fact that the, the highlight of our defense is what? It's Max Crosby and our pass rush, and those guys weren't getting home today. So for that, that defense to bend and not break, Hey, we'll take it. Again, just win, baby. That's all that freaking matters. Yeah, that is all that matters. All right, so I know you got to get out of there pretty soon before the security guards yeah, rough you up and take you out. Yeah. Uh, but I want to talk about, so you guys were at Crab Fest to donate the $10,000 that you raised through Raiders Fan Radio. Just an amazing, amazing outpouring of support from Raider Nation on your show and great work by you, Swag, Jeff, and Michelle, of course. Uh, but talk about Crab Fest uh, hanging out with just that royalty and all the folks in the room and how it all went for folks. Uh, it was absolutely amazing. So we, we we got a very prominent position there right outside the main ballroom uh, as all the different Raider legends and, and guests were coming in. We had an opportunity to interview everybody that came through. Uh, and then, of course, the event itself is absolutely top-notch. There's no more uh, classy people in the entire world than Fred and Andrew Bolitnikoff and, and the work that they're doing around uh, the Bolitnikoff Foundation and Tracy's Place of Hope. And now they're working with St. Jude's. And like what the Bolitnikoff Foundation does, I would recommend as a Raider fan, if you ever have an opportunity to attend an event, then, then definitely do so and see the work that these folks are doing. But at a minimum, go to the go to the Bolitnikoff Foundation websites, figure out ways that you can support what they're doing out there because they're changing lives of young women and and they're, they're 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 just I mean they're truly doing the Lord's work. It's absolutely incredible. We were so honored to be there, so so honored to be there to donate money on behalf of our listeners, everybody that donated to our show directly, bought merchandise, you know, advertising money, all that stuff goes to our nonprofit that goes to Raiders related charities, uh, and then, and then just to be self-indulgent for a second, you know, as we're sitting there doing these interviews, you know, we're Jim Plunkett's coming by, uh, Marcus Allen's coming by. We interviewed Fred Bolitnikoff. We interviewed Lincoln Kennedy. We interviewed Harry Ruiz. We interviewed, I mean, like it's it just an amazing George Atkinson and Rod Martin, like an amazing list of folks that came through and they were also very generous with their, their, their willingness to sign autographs and things. We've got some footballs that we're going to auction off. 100% of that money is going to go to the foundation and we're going to kick off our fundraising already for next year. So I, I just the generosity of Raider Nation is absolutely unmatched. And it's an event like that where we truly see that it is family. We say this thing is La Familia. It's family. It's not a joke. That's not something just, you know, something that we just say and slap on a T-shirt. It's really legit. And, uh, and I couldn't be prouder to be a member of this fan base. 
Yeah, no, just incredible, great work. And you guys, make sure you go back and watch the show uh, that they did. It's, it's coming up Wednesday, right? Is that when you're putting it up? Or did you? Uh, it's actually, it, no, it's I, up. So I put it, yeah, I put it up you yesterday. So go to race. Yeah, okay. go to racefanradio.com slash, uh, uh, excuse me, youtube.com slash Raiders Fan Radio, and you can see the full video there. And then if you're on the audio podcast, you can hear all those interviews. Just search Raiders Fan Radio on your favorite podcast service. And that guy is really looking at me like he wants to kick us out of here. That's all right. <laughs> tell, tell him I know some guys upstairs will come down and get him. Uh, no, well, just kidding. But here's, but here's the deal. Here's the deal, folks. Now, Murph's going to enjoy the rest of his weekend, head home, and then when they do their next show, the new year starts. So they're going to start raising money again. So make sure you support the show any way you can. Buy the, buy the merchandise because that's where it's all going. This is an incredible thing and uh, just an amazing thing. I'm glad to be the little part that we are of it and to support oh. you guys in it. Hey, let's not diminish that, though, Scott. The exposure and the platform that you've given us here on Silver and Black today has been absolutely a huge catalyst for our show. It's formed a lot of new relationships for us and, and, and people that we've met in the Raider Nation community, and it's absolutely put a, a jolt into our fundraising, and uh, we just can't wait to see where it can go for next year. So thank you very much. Yeah, and Murph, we'll try to connect with you this week. We, we're not going to be doing, obviously, a live show on Christmas Eve because my wife and my kids would kill me, as, as Valerie <laughs> would kill you as well because she's got plans, I'm sure, for your Christmas Eve. Uh, so so we're going to do something a little different. We'll try to get a hold of you. But if we don't see you, we'll see you right after the after the uh, ne- the new year uh, with the Raiders next game. Uh, but listen, my friend, have a great time out there. I appreciate you guys joining us live from the stadium. Thank Valerie, too, for being your, your camera person there uh, as well. And and for putting up with you sitting there when she probably wants to go out and celebrate. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. We're ready to go. I'm sure her arms are getting ready to fall off for holding the camera all this time. But yeah, we're ready to go. Hey, you know what I mean? We're ready. It would blow the whistles went on after this game was over and Raider Nation was dancing. We were all kind of looking at each other like, all right, let's go. Let's go party. Let's, let's go, go take it. it down the street. Absolutely. Right. Go have fun, my yeah. friend. Take care, Murph. All right. All right. Thank you, Scott. All right. There you go. There's Murph live from Allegiant Stadium. We certainly appreciate him being with us. We appreciate you guys being with us here on the post game, the live post game show, Silver and Black today. The Raiders 30 to 24 winners. I still can't believe what I saw and that that happened. Yes. And so we want to celebrate, but we also want to dissect a little bit of the game. So when I come back, we're going to start to mix in some of the eh, not so great stuff. Don't want to rain on the parade. We'll celebrate. I'm going to do a lot of interaction with the chat as I go solo the rest of today's show. By the way, I will be back with Mo on Tuesday for our normal Tuesday show. I was out last week, had COVID. I was like death warmed over. Uh, Again, thanks to my partner, Mo, for doing the solo shows. He did a great, great job, as you guys know. So when we come back, we're going to talk about that. So don't go anywhere. Take a quick break for our folks on audio. If you're on our YouTube stream, stick right there. I'll be back in just a few seconds. What up, y'all? It's your boy, Danny Green, three-time NBA champ. You either rooted for me or rooted against me. Join myself and my co-host, Harrison Sanford, on the Inside the Green Room podcast. It's a podcast that brings you never-before-told tales from the locker room to candid interviews with basketball legends to breakdowns of what's happening in the NBA right now. Whether you're a diehard fan or casual about your hoops, this podcast brings you the game like never before. Follow Inside the Green Room on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? 
This boy isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact. So jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. Silver and Black today, a uh, Odyssey Sports original podcast. This is our live post-game show. Raiders 30-24 to 24 winners. An unbelievable interception by Chandler Jones on a play that should have never happened for the New England Patriots. Doesn't matter. The Raiders win. Stick it in the W column, my friends, as they win 30-24 in just an incredible and ending everyone. It will be on every highlight reel for the 2022 season. It is a top play in Raider history. There's no doubt. And Raider history is deep. So that doesn't that tells you and it doesn't matter what kind of year it's been. It's the way the game ended. Just incredible. We are live on YouTube. As I said, if you're in the chat, I'm going to get to a lot of the chat here. I see you guys going crazy over there. Um, and, and we'll get into it a little bit, I'm sure, but amazing. I want to go over some of the stats from the game as we take a look at how it all went down. The Raiders, uh, if you look at performances, Josh Jacobs, 22 carries, 93 yards, didn't score a touchdown, average of 4.2 yards. Uh, the Patriots really focused on the second half, the, the, the running game and the Raiders offense just went into a hole in the second half. So that was a little bit. Derek Carr, 20 of 38, 231 yards, three touchdowns. One interception, put up the numbers late, um, really didn't have a good game until the last drive, to be frank. Wasn't a bad game, wasn't a great game, but he did it when it mattered most. The Raiders with 32 seconds, uh, the touchdown to Keelan Cole for the tying score. Looked like it might be called out of bounds, but the referees side with the Raiders and say, look, it's inconclusive. It's a touchdown. Uh, You look at that uh, on the day, Cole Two catches, 50 yards, one touchdown. Darren Waller, three catches, 48 yards. Mac Hollins, four for 40. Devontae Adams, only four catches with 28 yards. The first time Devontae Adams with less than five catches. This is from my friend Kevin Wynn. The Raiders win, and he doesn't have five catches. So he, they break that little streak or whatever you want to call it as well. So you look at that, and you just look at the Raiders' stats as well. I'll read some of these off. The Raiders, 5 of 14 on third downs as well, 308 total net yards. New England outgained the Raiders by, by 10 yards in offense, and the Raiders overcome 13 penalties for 90 yards. It's the tied for the most in a game in the NFL this season with 13 as well. And, of course, uh, time of possession, 33 minutes, 16 seconds to 26 minutes, 44 seconds for the Patriots. On the other side, Mac Jones, oof, 13 of 31, 112 yards, uh, uh, 52 passer rating. Uh, Ramondi Stevenson, of course, uh, from Las Vegas, 19 carries, 172 yards. Nice performance. Almost 9.1, almost 10 yards a carry for, for Stevenson against the Raiders defense. But it doesn't matter because the Raiders defense comes up big at the end. Um, but I also want to talk about what happened in this game? We, we talk about the defense. A lot of you guys in the chat every week are hammering on the defense. And the defense is, is devoid of talent. It needs more talent. It has Max Crosby. It has Chandler Jones. It has Nate Hobbs. And Meek Robertson does good most of the time. He's a good, solid player. We've talked about it, among others. But this defense, if you look at the second half, it, it, was, it was fitting that they won the game. Because in the second half, the Raiders didn't get a first down. Up until the last drive where they tied the game with under a minute something left, 
They could not get a first down. So in the NFL, and I talk about it all the time on this show, it's about complementary football. You can't just play good defense or good offense. You have to play both. Okay. Or if your defense isn't very good, your offense has to overcompensate or vice versa. Right. And so what happens is you have the Raiders again, score zero points in the second half up until the last play with 32 seconds left where they get the touchdown to Keelan Cole. So, so again, you see a situation here and, and, and the Raider fans out there, listen, you guys got to celebrate. You have to celebrate because a win is a win at the same time. The Raiders almost blew another double-point, double-digit lead, excuse me. And that's really concerning because you saw them fall into the same pattern and they broke it at the end thanks to the offense scoring a touchdown late and then, of course, the defense, again, on a play that should have never happened. A lot of people will get to that. They'll say, listen, if, if the Patriots aren't idiots, Chandler Jones never gets a chance to get that ball and run the touchdown. It doesn't matter. It happened. The, pa- the fact is he did make the boneheaded throw across field in a tie game <laughs> in a tie game on the road with playoff implications, especially for the Patriots dude throws the ball across the field and there's Chandler Jones using his athletic ability. And he trucks <laughs> Mac Jones, by the way, Mac Jones. If you look at that slow-mo when he's falling back and Chandler Jones is running over him, Wow. Just wow. So you look at that situation and, and all of, listen, you can't forget about where the Raiders struggled in this game, but for now you enjoy the win. And so I'm going to get to some of the, uh, the things in the chat here. And I want to talk a lot of arguing, of course, about, about, uh, Derek Carr and it should be, look again, up until the last series, Derek didn't perform well, just, just not great. Okay. And you guys can say he sucks you can say he's not still the answer. I see Juanita Hollins in there saying that. Uh, I hear I see Mark Torres, not not a fan of Carr. Um, of course, we didn't get the ball to Adams, is what he said post game as well. But that it didn't matter that the guys who need to make the plays, and he found obviously Keelan Cole. But if you look at the situation about blowing multi touchdown leads, that's still a concern for this team now. They're technically still alive in the playoffs, such a very small percentage chance, but at least it gives you, the fan, some more time. But I think that if you look at the situation and what comes out of this game after tonight, it's still a lot of question marks. Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro come back, and for the most part, they look rusty. I I didn't expect any different. I mean, listen, when you're out five weeks, you don't just come onto the field after a few days of practice and, and it's like you were never injured. Okay, so that in itself too. Darren Waller had a couple catches, nice catches, but he's not the player you need him to be yet. And I don't excuse me. I don't expect him to be (laughs) COVID still there a little bit. (laughs) Sorry about that, folks. Uh, But nonetheless, you see that you also look at Hunter Renfro. I don't know why he's returning kicks coming back from an oblique injury. He takes a lot of abuse out there. I don't like that. But the return of those two guys on the field it, it, it didn't seem to make a difference. And I don't mean by their stats or their numbers. It just didn't seem like it created any mismatches or any concerns for the Patriots defense who shut down Devontae Adams. Their young cornerback uh, Jones did a great job of, of closing him out for the most part. The one long pass Derek overthrew just a little bit and he couldn't get to it or that would have been a huge gain for Devontae Adams. But again, if you can't get the ball to the guy 
Uh, but I don't know why you don't use them more. Why don't you put them more in motion? Move them around more, Devontae Adams. That's what I would have done. And and maybe he would have done this. And the other thing to point to the fact here is is or point out the fact is that this Patriots offense is not very good. The running game obviously did well. The offensive line did well because he got 172 yards in rushing. Mac Jones just isn't there yet. Whether or not he ever makes it, who who cares? I don't really know. I don't think he will. But had this been a team with a better offense, a more well-rounded offense, then I don't know that the Raiders would have been in the game at the end because the Patriots offense didn't exactly do uh, uh, wonders for itself in the second half, although they did score 24 points. And their defense surrendered the last drive. The Raiders know how that feels. It happened to them last week against the Rams. So you got to take the mixed bag, but at the same time, uh, you have to you have to be able to understand that uh, it's it's a win, and the way <laughs> the way in which Raider Nation watched that win unfold, I can tell you my reaction was I was watching it and think, okay, they're moving the ball, they're moving the ball. Maybe just maybe they'll get it in in the end zone. Maybe they will, and boom, they do. And then I'm like, okay, they're going to run out the clock here. They ran the ball. The Patriots on that last play, they run the ball. Uh, and once, once Stevenson got through and knew that he was going to be tackled, why he lateraled the ball, it all started with him. I have no idea. It, it, it makes no sense when you're in a tie game. It just makes no sense. The risk is way too high versus the reward of being able to do that. So, I, again, and I'm looking at the chat now, and I'm seeing you guys argue back and forth about, Derek Carr about the offense. And, and that's the important thing here too. enjoy the win. OK, even for those of you who have good points about Derek Carr, about the offense and its inability to do anything in the second half until the last drive. That's fine. There's a time to talk about that. But just enjoy the win. Just enjoy it for a bit. And and because it came down to the last play, does that matter? Eh, not really. But I think that you have to sit here and you have to say to yourself, look, Raiders making the playoffs is a real big long shot, but at least you saw something go your way. You saw the Raider defense at a key moment make a play. It's always about making a play. It doesn't matter how the play comes about. It's at the time that you have the opportunity to make the play, do you make it? Chandler Jones says, yep, I got it. I'm taking it home, and I'm going to make Allegiant Stadium go nuts. And as we heard from Murph, they're live at the stadium People, the emotion was from hell to heaven. People went from just crying in their beer to now they're out on the strip having a party, right? So you got to love that as well. Uh, but I'm going to take your questions in the chat too. So if you have any questions you want to talk about, I know you're arguing and, and, and going back and forth, banting with each other there, but uh, I'd love to hear from you and, and tell me how you're feeling about this. How do you feel about the win? You got to like the win, right? It's a mixed bag because things were so bad up until 32 seconds left in the game. But overall, do you not feel good about the win? Are there people out there? Are there people out there who don't feel good about the win? Tell me in the, in the YouTube chat, okay? I, I, I mean, it's a win. The Patriots choked, yes, but so what? The Raiders choked in the back before, too. Doesn't matter. Win is a win. All right, I'm going to take one more break. And then I'm going to come back and finish up the show. I'll get to your questions. Make sure, throw in some questions. And there's Rossi, my good friend down in Australia, saying, hey, great win, weird end 
Weird win, but we'll take it. Yes, I agree with that. Second half, nothing minus the last drive, which was also a questionable TD. E Latino 81. What do you mean? Yeah, questionable. They reviewed it for a long time and they couldn't, it was inconclusive. Doesn't matter. Now, El Latino or E Latino, however you, you want to call yourself. I don't think anybody's pretending the Raiders are contenders, but it was a nice win. And look, with all the crap that's happened this year and last year, it's nice that you get a win. Here's Jordan says, Scott, it feels like when you're playing on uh, OG Super Mario and you skip the world straight to the end. <laughs> yes, you won, but it feels weird. Not in a bad way, just like cheap. And Kelly Kreiner, my good friend, my former co-host here on the show, says you can't feel great blowing another second halftime lead. See, that's what I feel like, Kelly, but I, I want to make sure fans, you know, I mean, it was an incredible ending. That was awesome. Just as a football fan, I don't care who what team you're into, to see that happen at the end of a game, first of all, it, it, it's perplexing because I can't believe that an NFL player, two, two NFL players, did that on that play when you have a tie game on the road, right? So that's one of the deals. All right, I'm going to take a quick break. When we come back, I'll finish up. I'll keep mixing it up in the chat. Uh, and remember, make sure you subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcast. Just search Silver and Black today, and you can get our Odyssey original podcast. Also, if you're watching us on YouTube, hit subscriptions, but also you got to hit the notifications bell so you know when we're live or when another video goes up. James, I'll get back to your question here in just in a minute after I take this break. Uh, also, uh, make sure you check out our show. We'll be back on Tuesday with Mo. We'll recap this improbable ending as well as all the other issues surrounding this game. We'll go in-depth on what we saw, again, with another big another big lead blown in the second half, which you just can't ignore. you got to talk about that one. Uh, and I'll ask you the question after the break. Did Josh McDaniel save his job? Well, he didn't save it. Did, did Chandler Jones save his job tonight? I'm going to ask that question when I come back. You're listening to Silver and Black Today, an Odyssey original podcast. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back. Silver and Black Today, the home stretch here. Third segment on the postgame show. Raiders, 30 to 24 winners in just incredible fashion. Chandler Jones with the interception at the end of the game as the clock expires after Jacoby Myers makes one of the dumbest throws in the history of the NFL, throwing it backward to try to keep lateraling the ball around when the game was already tied and, and you're on the road and you get extra time, all right, to use a soccer term since the World Cup just ended today. But anyway, the Raiders win 30-24 to 24, uh, after what seemingly was going to be another second-half collapse uh, here. So thanks for being with us. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast if you don't already do it. Wherever you get your podcast, just search Silver and Black today and listen to our Odyssey original show. All right, our good friend James Owen says, Hey, Scott, LB Gully, I feel great about the win. Yes, things to work on, but for all the weird and crazy ways the Raiders lose, the Raiders finally got one going their way. That's very true. Okay. There's lots of negatives to talk about from this game, but after last week, after the way the Raiders were the literally the laughing stock in all of sports, not just football, by the way, the way they gave up that touchdown to Baker Mayfield, they were the laughing stock nationally. Now the Patriots are because of what they did, and the Raiders are on the winning end of that. So who knows, karma, whatever you want to call it, uh, but, but interesting. And James, I agree with you on that one. And again, Jordan, you're saying it feels weird. I agree with that. Um, and getting the call on the touchdown, 
getting the call, yes. But if it's inconclusive, then you can't change the call on the field. So, yeah, you got the call, and that works out right, uh, best. Uh, Elatino81, again, I love my Raiders, but I will not wear rose-colored glasses because I just saw Baker Mayfield embarrass us a week ago. Yes, you did. And and I, if you listen to this show at all, my friend, and I appreciate you being in the chat there, um, myself, Mo, Murph, all of us don't do that either. We're very objective here. We talk straight up. I mean, just this week, I was on the Patriots podcast on our network, on the Odyssey Network, called Six Rings and Football Things. And I, I said, look, that Josh McDaniels was committing coaching uh, malpractice. I said that Derek Carr probably wouldn't be here at the end of this season. So I, I, it doesn't matter if it's popular or not, or if somebody likes it or doesn't like it. We talk it and talk it like it is here for the most part. So we'll do that as well. Um, Turbo Duran saying, you fake Raider fans want to see DC gone, but not going to happen. Keep dreaming or pick a different team. Hey, Turbo Duran, listen, man, there's no guarantee he'll be back. There's no guarantee. You can't, you can't be in absolutes. You can't say, well, if you don't like Derek Carr, you're not a Raiders fan. And if you love Derek Carr, you're a Raiders fan. And you people out there who don't like Derek Carr and think they should move on from him can't say, well, if you love the Raiders, then you can't like Derek Carr. I mean, come on, guys. The truth is always somewhere in between. Two stories out this week that Carr might not be back, in essence. We saw two stories. Deshaun Reed up at The Athletic, and then, of course, Vinny Bonsignor at The Review Journal. So a little smoke there. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I think the last four games have a lot to do with it. And this ending tonight may have stopped the progression towards that. I don't know. The play in the second half was not good on the offense. So if you look at that, and, and I asked the question before, because I have not been one to come on and say fire people, okay? But did Josh McDaniel save his job tonight? Not save did Chandler Jones save it? I got to keep correcting myself on that one because I had a couple people message me during the game and say, this is, this is ridiculous. How could you keep him? How could you keep him after blowing a fifth double digit lead? Now it turns out the defense saved him. Perhaps they might've won in overtime too. We don't know, but they did blow another second half lead fifth unprecedented in NFL history. So if that's the case, would there have been a chance uh, on that? Uh, Michelle Sweat is in there. Hey, Michelle, it says it, it's the objectivity that puts you guys at the top of show, shows to listen to. Scott, thanks, Michelle. I appreciate that very much. Um, but uh, I posted on Twitter, James says, like it's harder to coach with the lead for the Raiders. Learning how to win is not just for the players on the field. Yes, but if you think about the leads, the Raiders, I mean, the Raiders could have 11 or 12 wins. I'm not saying they should or have the talent to do that, but if those games, if they keep those leads and just score a couple field goals in some of those games, they win those games. So from a coaching perspective, that puts you on that in a way. Uh, Gully, elaborate on uh, on that with Carr for the chat. What does this game do for the Carr debate? Decent first half, cold second. Um, great question, um, uh, Elatino81, and that is... Two things. One is I don't think it I don't think it clears much up with the card debate on on whether or not they seek out a trade for him. He would have to approve it. For those of you just say release him, I don't think that happens. Okay? If they release him, two things happen. They get nothing in return and he has value. Okay? He has value. No matter what you think of car, he has value. Number two is it wouldn't be good for Derek Carr to go on the open market either. You might think, well, he can pick wherever he wants to go. Yeah, but he loses money that way. Okay? 
So he's got a contract. So if he approved a trade and the Raiders were able to trade him, um, then there's value there on both sides. So, but I look at this game and and the problem with Derek Carr, I see it over the course of his nine and a half years, isn't isn't that he's not a good quarterback because he is a good quarterback. I've always said, and Moe's always said, and Kelly said, I think, that he's a 15, top 15 quarterback, good serviceable quarterback. Uh, it's been that he's been inconsistent. So I think you've seen that a lot. That's been his biggest issue this year has been inconsistent. He will come out, lights out, throws the ball on a dime, had some a couple of really nice throws in the first half tonight. The low touchdown, I know some people are like, it was almost in the dirt. No, it was perfectly thrown where he had to throw it. Got to give a guy credit when he does well. But I think that's the problem is there's inconsistency. And at nine-year vet, having that much inconsistency in this season, even with the changes, is rough. So I don't think it's going to do much about the debate, uh, Latino 81 I don't think it will. I think it rages on. The car wars, they, they rage on as well. Uh, let's see what else we got going in the chat here. Uh, Jerry Rice, <laughs> nice name, says Carr is the GOAT. Uh, and Guareb says, but most of the teams in the league have been losing close games, so what does that say for the Raiders? Uh, should be looking at the Lions' progression as an easy template to follow, says Mario Sims. Yeah, listen, you got to make progress. I also think that the Raiders, uh, coming into this game, Mo talked about it on the podcast last week when he was doing the show s- solo. He said, were we catfished? about the Raiders this year. And I think, I think he has a good point there, which is I think people were looking at this team saying, well, they're coming off a of playoffs, uh, that ending that they had last year. But really, they went on a run, and any team can go on a run. You see in the NCAA tournament when a 12 seed goes nuts and goes to the Final Four, goes to the Elite Eight, Sweet 16 maybe, whatever. And, and they go on a run. doesn't mean they're that good of a team so that next year they're going to go in the same place. They just get on a run. And I think that's what happened with the Raiders last year because they were deficient. The Raiders did nothing about their offensive line this year. We've seen what's happened there. It's been a problem at times. Defensively, on the interior of the defensive line, it's come along recently with Jerry Tillery coming in. Um, and, of course, you have Max Crosby. And then Chandler Jones only over the last three or four games has really picked it up. He's done well, but he's not been the player they thought he would. The defensive backfield still has many question marks, as you saw again tonight as well. So so that from, from, from that perspective, you have to look at it and say, yeah, they probably were not what they thought, what you guys thought they would be, what the Raiders kind of pumped up what they would be. So that's what he meant by the catfishing, and I think that's, that's very true. Um, do you think a car trade will change Adams? Tony Morales. Tony, good question. I think that is one that, that I've argued on a lot with people, and I say argued, I just discussed with in social media, which is a lot of you believe, well, Devontae Adams is going to demand a trade. <laughs> why, why do you say that? Well, because he came to play with Carr. Listen, folks, it's not fifth grade playground football. Well, if you're not going to let my friend play, I'm taking my ball and going home. Listen, I know he came to play with Derek Carr. Well, he's not going to play for a rookie quarterback. You don't know that. You don't know what happens. You don't know that the Raiders would do that. You don't know that Carr is going to be gone, number one. But if Carr was to be gone for whatever reason, um, it depends. Yeah, I think he would look, but he's not going to demand a trade. He just signed an extension. And you know what? You can be friends with people if they move on to another team. (laughs) Remember, they remained very, very close friends when he played in Green Bay. So things happen. Life changes. It's got a way of doing that on you. And I don't think that that would change for Adams. Uh, And what's Adams going to do? Sit out and not play football and not make money? I don't think so. I don't think he would do that. Uh, But we are going to see that. Kelly, the Raiders are at a spot. People think they should follow what the Lions are doing. The Lions. <laughs> Kelly, good point. Uh, always in there making fun. Draft a quarterback. Give it a year or two, says T3 Sports Guy. 
James Owens, LV Gully, where do I apply for that emergency fourth string backup to backups, backup co-host? <laughs> James, we'll have you on, man, anytime. We'll figure that one out. Um, uh, Shima86, why didn't Josh McDaniels call a timeout with one minute left going into the half? Half, no confidence. Yeah, there's a lot of things, question marks again, with play calling, especially in the second half. Um, as I joke around, and, and, and I guess it's somewhat graphic, but not really. Not graphic like I have to censor it, but it seems as though his sphincter gets really tight in the second half with a lead. <laughs> and in this case, a first lead, first half lead. So I don't know why. I do think there is a lack of confidence. And I do think that if you have confidence in your quarterback, your offensive line, whatever, you go. So I don't know what's going on there. I can't speak. I'm not going to over-speculate. But a lot of people have said, well, maybe he doesn't have the confidence in his quarterback and his offensive line. I don't know. I just think that there's times when uh, they don't look to be on the same page. And I see Michelle in there says about Carr, when he's great, he's great. But when he's bad, he's bad. That's the roughest thing to face. He's been in a long enough. And what we've seen is what we are going to get. Yeah, I, I think that's the thing. I think, you know, Derek Carr, besides being a good dude and from what everybody has ever said, a great teammate, um, it's the inconsistency, right? So I think that's the issue you have to look at and uh, figure out. But yes, nothing is guaranteed. Uh, and Mario Kelly clarified his, his point about he wished he had the Lions offensive line. Yeah, I mean, listen. They have to do something about the the Lions' offensive line, uh, and and that's one thing you have to look at. And this team, look, it's got a long way to go, I think, but they have a lot of draft capital coming up. the 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 biggest question is going to be, um, first of all, with the games left this season, you're going to have to look at coaching. Um, I still believe Josh McDaniels is going to be back for year two. Uh, after tonight, if they would have lost, I thought. Maybe there would be some chatter, but still, Mark Davis seems unmoved by what's been happening. So we'll see what's going on. Uh, and and that the other big question is going to be Carr. That's going to be the biggest question between the end of the season and the day after the Super Bowl when they have to make that choice. Okay? So we'll see what they do in the interim uh, and some of the other choices they're going to have to make. Uh, and so, all right, let's hit the, the chat again. Um, bottom line, wish we had the Lions. Oh, that's Mario's point. Uh, but also, Nathan Jarvis, there's definitely a plan. I just think we don't have the players yet. Nathan, it's a great point. I think that's part of the issue here is, is as far as defense goes, that's part of it. Offense, same thing. Look, it's hard to, it's hard to implement a plan if you don't have the people to do it. But you also have to question, is it the right plan? Because what we've seen is uh, I don't see a lot of opportunities to understand what the plan is, sometimes like offensively, with some of the play calling. Okay, you might not have the players, but I haven't seen the creativity that we've heard so much about Josh McDaniels and we talked about in, in New England. So maybe a lot of the creativity in New England, despite the fact that he ran the offense there, maybe it was because he had Bill Belichick in the building who influenced his, his decisions on play calling and so on. Uh, all right, King Guillotine. Carr's inconsistency goes hand-in-hand hand with the coaching inconsistencies in his career. Uh, I disagree with that wholeheartedly. I think, yes, a challenge for the quarterback, no question, having to learn different playbooks and all that stuff. But his inconsistency on the field uh, with throws and reads and the inability to do some of the things like create plays outside the pocket, King Guillotine, that's got nothing to do with coaching, man. Uh, as I said last week, if, if you're questioning 
play calling too much, uh, then you don't have a franchise quarterback, uh, plain and simple. Because if you watch enough of the NFL, you know as well. Uh, everybody wants offense, uh, but defense is trash. The defense won you the game today. The offense didn't have a first down in the second half until a minute 10 left in the game. So how you want to blame the defense for being on the field the entire game? I'm not saying the defense is good, by the way. I'm just saying your comment that the defense is trash when your offense couldn't get a first down, pick six, and then five punts in a row. You had six possessions in the second half until that last drive, and you couldn't get a first down. That's the defense's fault? I don't think so. So um, that's the kind of thing. There's Jeff again with the NFL is rigged. Chandler Jones' game-winning play was rehearsed. (laughs) He says, just kidding. I know WWE-type stuff coming over. Uh, coaching has to be smarter, and that's from If I'm Lying, I'm Dying podcast. Thanks for joining us, man, uh, and all of that. Uh, Hefe KC is here, of course. He wants to rub in the Chiefs again. Um, Carr has to be smarter, yes, especially if you look at Carr uh, in his ninth year going on 10 now. There's some perplexing things there. Not that he doesn't do good things, because he does. Uh, so that's it. Carr's biggest flaw is that he can't extend plays for positive yards. Yes. Alex, you people are clueless. Only reason Pats were in the game was because of the pick six. But Alex, he threw a pick six. What do you mean that's the only reason? Sometimes games come down to one play as you saw at the end of the game. You make the play or you don't make the play. Uh, I'm always interested, and I'm not attacking you, man, but I'm always interested in the excuses people make because, again, football is, is multifaceted. But it can come down to one play. If it comes down to one play, don't diminish it. The quarterback threw a ball, didn't see, and the defender made a nice play. But that's it doesn't matter how they stayed in the game. They did. They also stayed in the game because they played good defense in the second half, and the Raiders couldn't move the ball on offense. So I could argue that back and forth with you. Uh, halftime adjustments from James Thiel. James, good to chat up with you on Twitter earlier tonight as well. Yes. Halftime adjustments. You saw what Bill Belichick did. I, I, we can say the Raiders offense didn't do well in the second half, and that's all their fault. But you also have to credit the other side of it, which is Belichick's defense and the adjustments they made at halftime on Josh Jacobs and the continued coverage of Devontae Adams because they did that as well. Um, and and so it's that's the way it goes. Um uh, let's see. Elaine Berger is in there. Elaine Berger. These some of you guys' names. I, I wish I knew how you came up with these names. I feel good about the win, but please tell me why Carr doesn't wear his play call on his arm. He has just not had it all on season and long. It tells me that Josh McDaniels doesn't let Carr change the play call. I don't know. You know, different different quarterbacks have different systems. The wristband, what you're talking about with the clear laminate, so you can call plays off your wristband. Some guys have it. Some guys don't. I mean, guys like Aaron Rodgers wear them. Some other guys wear them. Others don't. I don't know why Derek Carr doesn't wear him. Maybe, maybe he's got a great photographic memory. I don't know. Uh, and maybe the call play calling and what he's able to do at the line. I don't know that it's limited. Everyone's assuming that it's limited. I don't know that it is. Uh, sometimes the quarterback, and a lot of times the quarterback has the ability to change the play at the line. We heard it a lot tonight that broadcasters, every time he was saying kill, 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 which was kill the pass, go to the run, they ran the ball. So you knew what that was. Um, and so, uh, that's one of the things that, that you have to look at, but I don't know. It's a good question. Um, 
Let's see what else we got going on in the chat. I appreciate you guys being with us. By the way, make sure you subscribe to the podcast if you don't always do it. Hefe KC always jumps in on our shows. He's a Chiefs fan. He gives you guys crap, but most of the time is very well good-natured, and uh, <laughs> you guys are pretty good with him too, so it's all good. Um, yes. Boogie, you're right. Car, kill, kill, defense. It's a run. But the ran, the run worked almost every time he did it. So I don't know that it hurt them anyway. Uh, uh, Macario Silva, imagine if they played like this against QBs like Andy Dalton and Matt Ryan. Yeah, that would be tough. I said that earlier as well, my friend, by the way, which is uh, they were lucky as well. Uh, and and those are the type of things that happen. But you saw it again. You saw in the Minnesota game, 33-point lead blown in that game. So it, it's, it's not just something the Raiders are, but we appreciate it uh, and have that as well. Alex says, I'm not saying you were clueless people here defending Derek Carr too much. It's called QB awareness, and I'm saying the people saying our defense is trash. That's why I said it. Yeah, I agree. And and Ken, uh, Ken, his own lane, says all these different coaches every year, why would he want to trust the system? Well, that's, that's a good point. Um, I think that the – I argued a few weeks ago when, when they were still struggling before they went on the three-game winning streak, I argued that I felt it was just time for an amicable divorce with Derek Carr to give him an opportunity to move on because he's been in dysfunction. I agree with you on that. The Raiders organization has been completely dysfunctional. So let the guy go play somewhere else. If it was me, I would want to um, just to see what else I could do somewhere versus not. And for the Raiders, I look at it as if you have to have basically a five-year plan, right? Now, you want to win before that, but you got to have a three-year to five-year plan. If you have a three-year to five-year plan, Derek Carr doesn't make it to year five. He'll, he'll be gone. He's got three left on his contract if he fulfills that contract. And if that's the case, you got to start looking at your next quarterback. You already should have been. And so if that's where you are, then why not accelerate? Yeah, you might take a step back, but maybe not because you have so much draft capital. We'll see how they draft. That's the other key, key player there as well. Uh, but anyway, listen, I, I want to tell you guys, thanks for being with me on the show tonight. Uh, and it's good to mix it up with you more in the chat as well. And I see you guys really active there, which is phenomenal. So thank you for that one. Uh, but we're going to close out this live postgame edition of the show. Again, Raiders 30 to 24 winners. They go to six and eight. They're within striking distance of 500. If they play like they do tonight, I don't know that they'll get there. I know it's an uneven number now, so you get either one over 500 or one under 500 at the end of the season. But um, they're getting closer to that. Uh, but I didn't see anything. I just want to close with this, and I'll, I'll we'll go in more in depth with Mo on Tuesday, which is I just don't see the Raiders um, as real true contenders in the playoffs. Um, I know some of you are really excited about the win, and you should be. But what I saw tonight, still lots of concerns there, and we'll have to address those uh, on Tuesday's show. But for tonight and for tomorrow, enjoy the win. It was an amazing ending. And no matter where you are in the car wars, no matter where you are with the, with the coach, uh, no matter where you are with Mark Davis or anybody else on this team, just enjoy the win. Have fun with it uh, and the way it ended and, and maybe you can forget about the disappointment a little bit, uh, but we'll be here to talk about it. Do us a favor. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your audio podcasts uh, up on Odyssey. Uh, you can listen anywhere. You can even say, hey, Alexa, play Silver and Black today. And she'll say, good choice, playing Silver and Black today. So you can do it there wherever you get your podcast. Also, subscribe here on the YouTube channel. 
and hit the notifications bell to help us out. So I want to thank you guys for doing that. Chuck, you're welcome. No problem. Uh, And make sure you guys join us again on Tuesday. Mo will be back. We'll do one more dissection of this game, and we'll talk about the news and views coming out of Raider Nation since the end of this one. Uh, For Murph, who's back in Las Vegas, and, and make sure you follow Raiders Fan Radio. And our producer, David Stepanian, I'm Scott Branson. This has been Silver and Black tonight. Everybody have a great weekend, and we will talk to you again on Tuesday. Take care, everybody.